Welcome back to another episode of No Cap, the podcast. I am your co-host, Kalia. And I'm your co-host, Alia. And today's episode, we'll be talking about generational curses and the correlation to mental health. All right, everybody. So our first um, thing we just want to kind of touch on is our um- upbringing. So, Alia, you want to kind of go first? Sure. Your family dynamics. Um, family dynamics. So, I am a two-parent household child. Um, I grew up with both of my parents. <laughs> um, father and mother has all you know have always been in my life, and I do have a younger sister. Um, her name is Kennedy, and she's right under me, like sixteen months apart. Um, is the difference in our age. And I also live with my grandmother, who is my mother's mother, um, that I've been living with for a long time, too. So I'll say we're a family of five, um, but we are also a family of four when it's just family. But then including my grandmother, it is a family of five. Um, Just, I guess, a little bit of background. My dad used to work for um, Southwest Airlines, and my mom used to... Well, she still is a teacher, but she used to work in the juvenile detention um, area before she became a full-time elementary teacher. And so um, when my dad worked for Southwest, we moved around a lot. We moved around maybe once a year. So before I turned five years old, I lived in Florida. I lived in New York. I lived in um, Baltimore, Maryland. I lived in Chicago for a period of time. Um, I lived in several places, and so once I reached the age of five, we settled down, came back to St. Louis. I was born in St. Louis, but after traveling, we came back to St. Louis, and I started going to school. Then we had a little shake, shake. Um, Then Kennedy came, and she was actually born in New York. And so with that, I've always known just the five of us, my dad, my mom, my sister, my grandmother, and me. Um, and so with that being said, I've always had that support system. And then outside of that, um, all my uncles and aunts, I've had their support as well. So, yeah, that's a little bit of my family dynamic. <laughs> um, So to kind of go into mine, mine is a little bit of the opposite of Aaliyah's. Um, I was raised in a single-parent household until the age of five when my mother passed away, and then I was taken in, also adopted by my grandmother. So not only is my grandmother my grandmother, but she's actually my adopted mother. Um, In the household was my sister. I have one full sister, and I'll get on my half-sisters in a bit. And I also had my uncle. So not only was my uncle my uncle, but he was also my adopted brother. Um, And... My mom was 18. Mom, when she had me, she was 19. Um, my dad was the same age as well. They were both 19. Um, he has, besides my sister, which is my only full sister, we have the same mom, same dad. The last time I remember, <laughs> it's 10 of us, and I'm the oldest. Wow. Girl. <laughs> but that may be a whole nother episode. We ain't gonna talk about that. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, so it was kind of from what I was told through my grandmother and through my mother's friends because she was five. I mean, I was five when she passed away. Was that was just, you know, a young high school love. Um, He had his first four kids. Um, I was, my sister came two years after me 
And so the year in between, he had a child with someone else. And the year after my sister, he had a child with that same woman. So it's kind of back and forth between my mom and another woman. Um, and so my mom, instead of, you know, nothing is wrong with that. Like taking time out of school and, you know, raising a kid. She finished um, high school and then she went into community college. She got her real estate license. Um, before she passed, like, she had her own house, she had her own car, like, very self-sufficient, so anytime I feel like I am in a rut or things are too much, you know, I find that as an inspiration for no reason to complain, and so when she passed away, I moved in with my grandmother, and that, um, was nice, you know, my grandmother is Southern Baptist, she is from Savannah, Georgia, I went from this very, like, modern, young mom to, like, you know, not a Bible Belt, but it was just stricter and more traditional and more Southern. And it really gave me values and it really showed me foundation. And so it's nothing really about my upbringing that I regret. Dad was never around. It was just, it's just one of those situations. Cool. So, that's a lot. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've met a lot of people um, that are um, a product of, you know, one uh, parent household. Yeah. And so... I think it's dope that we get to share our um, different upbringings as well. Because I know, like, some people can, you know, be iffy and think everything is all good just because you have two parents. And, I mean, I'm not going to say that it's not. Um, it definitely is a blessing. Um, and, like, my parents are the type of parents, they don't really let us in um, as their children on everything that they go through. So, from our eyes looking in it looks all good now i've mean we've been in situations where you know i've heard my parents argue or you know have a disagreement and stuff like that but they've always told us and i've always witnessed that no matter how mad i get at you or how mad i'm mad you know just mad period or you know angry disappointed that you know we always come back full circle. And that's one thing I do admire about my parents. They're best friends first. And so even if they get into an argument, they're like, you're still my friend at the end yeah, of the day. Like, you know, exactly. We have kids together, but before them, it was us. And so just a crazy situation. Well, it's not crazy, but a little cute um, story about my parents. Um, my parents are the youngest of their siblings. So my mom has two older siblings and my dad has four other sisters that are all older than him he is the only child that um was from both his mom and dad his dad had kids prior to marrying his mom and vice versa for his mother my mom um her mother was married um she got pregnant at a young age and she actually lost her father um to a car accident and so my mom grew up kind of like Kalia um without her father um because of an accident so my mom always says my you know, dad was just a deadbeat but i get with the yeah, correlation yeah the correlation make. of having the one parent <laughs> household he was he was around and we never moved and my grandma's number never changed yeah. but i get what you're saying yeah yeah it's, it's definitely a lot of situations like that mm -hmm. um and they all come to a different way but in the end when you just look at it from like um first glance it's single parent households yeah and so more so of what I was saying, the correlation between Kalia's experience and my mother was the fact that she saw a strong woman in her household. Right. So regardless of what happened, what 
ever situation occurred, it was always going to happen. Like, my mom went to private school. Like, my grandmother never had my mom born for anything. And it wasn't that she was spoiled, but she knew well and she was treated accordingly because of that. Um, And then with my whole parent situation, my dad was in a household full of women. So he's been around girls all his life. He has two daughters. He's in the household with my mother and my grandmother. So he knows how to treat, you know, women and, you know, knows our mood swings, all that good stuff. But back to the little story, um, my mom and dad, they have always been around each other like their whole life. Um, My mom's brother and my dad's sister were friends and kid you not, I mean, maybe like two times they moved and we're all from St. Louis. They live right around the corner from each other. So it was just bound to happen. Um, kind of um, not similar, but different from my mom's situation and her mother and Kalia. My parents had us, you know, a little bit later, you know, barking on the 30s, which is not bad. But I'm just saying, you know, compared to, you know, what the average age is of having kids <laughs> now, um, they were yeah. a little late. Yeah. And like all of my parents, friends, like they been had kids like out of college, out of high school. So we're the youngest kids out of all their friends, kids like they're grown. So, yeah, it's definitely um, a difference. But I love having these conversations because I get to see what life is like versus what my life it is you know my life is and so it's definitely cool to you know have these conversations yeah and just to kind of like um tell my side of my experience based on some of the stories Aaliyah just shared was my parents met if I'm not mistaken my dad my mom was working at McDonald's which I'm just not realizing was a correlation because I also worked at McDonald's at her age when she had me and met my father and so they met and he was trying to holler (laughs) while she was in the drive through window like taking orders like he's stopping up the whole line trying to get her number apparently whatever he did whatever he said worked and so they got into a relationship and they're both Taurus so I think that was something they kind of like clicked on my mom's birthday is April 26th and his is the 28th so that's something they kind of like brought up and he Mind you, all this stuff is secondhand information. So I didn't hear this from either my mom or my dad. But he waited for her until her lunch break or something and then bought her a meal, which at McDonald's is free. So he was just trying to flex when she could have just got the meal for free. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, yeah. And it was like 19. What is that? Well, of course, they met before then because she had to be in school and I was born when she was 19. So it was probably like her senior year. Just some high school stuff that ended with a baby a queen you know (laughs) but a crazy story about their relationship that is kind of interesting or um a product of their relationship was when i was in middle school i was kind of a wild child not really bad but like your girl is goofy now what my teachers would always say was like i would get my work done like i was on honor roll like I was an advanced but I would make other people not get their work done because they'll be laughing. I'll be trying to entertain them. <laughs> and so that was like, I was semi-bad. So you was the class clown is what you're trying to say. You were <laughs> smart, but. I guess, but it's just, it's such a stereotype when you say class clown. Because when I would like get sent to the principal office, they'd be like, oh, this Kalia. We just gonna let her go. Like I was cool with everybody. I just couldn't stop laughing and couldn't stop making jokes. 
anyway, my little tail was staying, what is it called? ISS, in school suspension. Mm-hmm. And come to find out, me and my brother, half brother, which is the second oldest out of all of us, was in ISS together. Didn't know it until it was time to leave. And they were saying all of our names. And they said his last name, which was Baxley. His name start. I'm not going to say his name, but his first name started with a J. It's a black ethnic name, so I knew it was nobody else. Of course, I've heard of him, and I know his name, and I've seen him before. But my dad was never in either one of our lives. Our mothers did not get along because it's kind of back and forth between them when we all were born, the first four of us. And so, yeah, I was just one of in one of those situations as a child, which I was none of my business or none of my choice. But it kind of goes into our next thing of like generational trauma, how our parents' actions or our parents' upbringing and how that leads into them raising us can affect us. Um, Lee, do you have any generational traumas from your two-parent household, <laughs> suburbia, <laughs> kids who are in love, Ooh, living next door? I'm weak. Um, and this might sound, um, and I'm not saying it's more of not aware when I say this, I don't, or my family has never talked about, um, generational curses. Um, that's a better word. Curses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and not to say that we don't, but it goes back to the um statement that i made before when i said you know my family or it's not hush hush but it's more so you know this is our relationship separate from being parents so that does not require you know you to be aware of what goes on um and so like i said before just because i have two parents doesn't mean that everything is perfect Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that everything is peachy but we have not and i have not in my lifetime experienced those conversations of something that has just carried on from generation to generation through my family. Um, and so with that, you know, I am not aware of those situations if they have occurred or those curses, um, that we titled them, but I am very aware of, you know, things that I want to change, not by my family, but, Maybe when I have my family change certain things that I was taught, I'm like my dad tells all the time, eat the fish and throw away the bones. And so he's like, you know, I don't want you to be just like me. You weren't born for you to be a clone of, you know, or a product of Vernell Glass and Daphne Glass. But to simply utilize what you think is right um, from what we have shown you. And then create your own person, your own identity mm-hmm. and your own characteristics and you throw away those bones that you'd rather not use in your lifetime and towards your family. And so I definitely appreciate that because, you know, some people can say that, oh, you know, my parents pushed me to do this, do that, do that. Like, so simple. My mom, she graduated from Webster University. If you're from St. Louis, you know where that is. Um, and that's a performing art university, very serious. Um, and my mom study psychology but she also is a singer and she did ballet like her first year freshman year of college but they said she was too short (laughs) she's 411 but she never wanted to take that serious anyway but that's just something like kind of like myself I went to perform our school in St. Louis and I graduated from their high school but that was nothing that I wanted to pursue I love dance but that wasn't like 
my career goal. Um, and so just telling them simply that I wanted to go away to school and my mom just thought like, oh, like, you know, she's going to go to Webster. She's going to go to my other mom. And, you know, that was something that, you know, was shocking because, like I said, we are a close-knit family. So me going away to school, it was like they don't know what that is. Right. They didn't know what that looked like. Um, so just to wheel it back in that I myself, speaking for Aaliyah Glass, I'm not aware of my family's um, generational curses. Now, if they are some in the future or if I can prevent anything that may be considered a generational curse, I don't want to start up anything that my kids, <laughs> you know, going to say, it was a right. curse. My mama gave me a curse. But yeah, I definitely going back to saying I just like these conversations because I know I have a different, you know, standpoint of viewpoint and a background versus Kalia's. And so it's definitely, you know, a back and forth on, you know, okay, what have you experienced? What have you experienced? Right. What do you think about this? Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? So yeah, Kalia. Yeah, you like to share? and you know to get on the last point for areas where we're so similar, like me and Aaliyah are so synced in the line. Yeah, family is kind of like the one thing which I like that is different about us because when we have platforms like this, or when we're just having conversations as friends, that we're not putting on no cap. Um, it's interesting, mm-hmm. and we're learning things about each other and about ourselves too, um, based off our experiences. Mm-hmm. And so, um, for me, the only major generational curse like i guess i can bring up is the fact that i haven't seen um a two-parent household kind of work in my family or in the history of it when i thought it it worked or when i thought it was perfect or it was good enough things would come up later i'm like wow i didn't know this about this person or this about that person and so like I said, for my mom and dad, like their relationship was young and it was toxic and it didn't work out. And my mom was a single parent. My dad was not around based off of, you know, things he was going, was going on with him personally, whatever that is. Um, and then my grandmother, who I was raised by, had two children. She had my mom and my uncle. And for my uncle, it's kind of the same thing. Like he has two children with a woman he's been in an on and off relationship with for 10 years. They're comfortable with us telling all this stuff <laughs> because yeah. it's about our experiences. So mm-hmm. I just want to put that disclaimer out. But yeah, it's kind of the same thing, kind of reverse in a male perspective for my uncle, which is my grandmother's son. And so my mom, my grandmother is the only one in my rela- in my family, immediate family, somebody I'm really close to, who I have cons- constant interaction with, who has had a marriage. And so I think she was married to my grandfather for 17 years. And so... I thought it was all good. They got divorced later on, which I'm like, but you made 17 years, so I guess <laughs> it doesn't uh-huh. really matter. But come to find out later on, um, as I've gotten older, me and my grandmother have started to build a relationship where we're not just granddaughter and grandmother. We're more women talking, and we can have more um, adult conversations, more conversations as if we were friends, just sharing life experiences. And she has told me um, experiences that she has had with my grandfather of abuse. And that being abuse and jealousy and control and um, addiction, which is one of the reasons why she left. Which, I don't know how she lasted 17 years, but yeah. So even with that relationship and those dynamics she was having with my grandfather as her husband, he was a great father and a great grandfather. Um, He also passed away when I was six. 
that's probably another thing which I don't think is a generational trauma because you can't help death but um kind of when I was younger in those ages between five and eight I've had very serious deaths or passings in my immediate family my mom at five well actually my great-grandmother at four my mom at five my grandfather at six my other grandfather on my father's side at seven who was in my life who was present so that is also something that I kind of have to deal with it's not a generational curse but it's just you know in my immediate family something that is kind of traumatic and it kind of goes into um the next segment or the next thing we want to talk about which is our own personal health journey and so between not seeing really successful relationships heterosexual homosexual whatever in my family as well as dealing with um death and also abandonment for my father not being around those have been things that have kind of had to deal with as i've gotten older yeah you know i've no <laughs> not really saying yeah like that it's okay <laughs> no but and i don't want it to make it seem like i keep saying this like it's perfect or um no, these are not things you should strive to have. It's great that yeah, you didn't have to experience this. Yeah, and so yeah. I definitely think that, you know, I need people, you know. And that's why I totally, totally am always here for having a group of people that do not think like you, that are not, you mm-hmm. know. And you want to surround yourself with like-minded people. But you also want to have these conversations where yeah. you have a different opinion, you have a different you know take on things yeah Yeah, and so going into mental health another thing um it wasn't that my family never talked about it it was just I wasn't aware and I didn't realize until I became of age and so I'll just share my recent experience on mental health was when I got to college and I really realized that a not that I wasn't stable mentally but that it is a thing that mental health is very important Mm -hmm. and so I'll just say freshman year everything was pretty cool um I didn't really have anything major going on I was just really living life freshman year um sophomore year is where it hit me and so if you know me and Kalia can attest that I'm always busy like people think that I cap (laughs) with a capital k period when I say I'm busy but no. It's no joke. This like, girl is a busy bee. When I and it's not busy and unproductive. It's busy and really getting like, like stuff done. Field. And so I live by my planner. All of that stuff. Sophomore year, what was it? Second semester. I just I don't know what happened. What came over my life? What came over me physically, mentally? But I was just out of it. Like my grades started slipping. I just wasn't myself. And so even then, I was just like, okay, I can separate myself from my friend. Like, I remember that semester, like, my friends would be like, girl, like, you always doing something. Like, I would just come up with stuff to say just to, you know, not have to be in interaction with other people. And this was, like, even my friends. And, like, I would just sleep more than normal. Now, I like to sleep. But I would sleep more than normal. Like, I was able to take naps. Like, now I can't sit down and take a nap for nothing. But I was taking naps. I was sleeping. Um, and so, that was the first time that I realized, okay, like, Aaliyah, this is something that you need to be aware of and know that it is, 
you know, okay not to be okay. But sophomore year, I still didn't get the importance of it. And so my most recent, and this was actually like an emotional mental breakdown, was when the pandemic started. Um, We were here. It was March. We were still here. March. um, And mind you, I was here for all that. Yeah, she was here for all that that too. Late March? Yeah, so. 20 something around there? Right. So if you guys don't know, we go to UMKC, University of Missouri, Kansas City. Mm -hmm. And so this is a university straight up in the city, you know, in the city, city of Kansas City. (laughs) And um, we started hearing about cases, but I was just like, okay. You know, this is something that's going around like it's a flu. I didn't think it was that serious. And so until the UM system, um, which includes Mizzou, KU, everything, they were sending out emails like, okay, people are getting sick. Like, you know, we have too many people on campus. So this was like maybe two weeks or a week and a half before we were already scheduled to go on spring break. And so they sent an email out and they were simply saying because of COVID, um, everybody has to go home. In four days. No, the first email, it was saying that we had to go home, but we can come back and oh, get our right, stuff right, right. It was to go back yeah. for the rest of the semester after spring break. So they were giving us that week to wrap around our mind that we had to leave after spring break, but we could go back home. So me and Kalia going back home for spring break mm-hmm. to St. Louis, then coming back after that week and packing up our room to go home for the rest of the semester. So right. until the end of May. Then we literally... <laughs> we literally get another email maybe a day or two later and now they're saying that you have what three to three four three days, to two days man. something like that short period of time that you have to pack up your whole room and you got to go for the rest of the semester and so me being the busy bee i was like okay well I literally had a breakdown. Like, I started crying. And it was simply because, number one, like, I haven't been home in I don't know how long. But I wasn't expecting to stay home for the rest of the semester. And it was just so much. Like, I had a money source, income here in Kansas City, which included my work study, but also doing hair, clientele, all of that. I had appointments booked up until after um, spring break. And it was like, I have to cancel all of that because I don't know. And the thing that scared me was, I like, I don't know when I'm going to come back. And so all of that went into my, went into play. Like, okay, will I graduate on time? Um, going back home, like, my grandmother is, you know, a lot older. So that was another responsibility yeah. that I know how to take on um, because she's dependent on every family member that lives in that household. So I was worried about that. And so, my mental breakdown started then, but then I didn't realize it was serious until the night before we were supposed to leave, I ended up taking two hair appointments. Um, A lot of stuff happened, whatever the case may be. I didn't finish till 3 o'clock in the morning, and then I had to come back, sleep for like two hours, and then get up and then pack the rest of my room up with my sister. My dad was already here. And I literally just had, like, a mental breakdown. Like, I'm like, I can't move anything. I don't want to, like, I felt like the world, my room, everything was closing in on me. And I had never felt like that a day in my life. Now, I've been through some stuff, but this was like, okay, what is this? What is this? What is this? And I was just like, oh, no. what? 
And in that moment, I was like, okay, Leah, you've been dealing with everything in a way where it's like, okay, it's okay for me to feel like this, but I'm just going to continue to do stuff. So I don't, you know, and at that moment, it felt like everything that I didn't think about or I didn't think was important just landed in my lap, landed on my shoulders. And this was all in the midst of moving. And so I was like wiping my tears up because I was like, I didn't want my dad to, you know, I was crying on the way back to St. Louis. And so I said all that to say that it is really, and this might be cliche, but it really is okay to not be okay. Because even the busiest person, even the most happiest person on the outside can be really dealing with someone on the inside. And, you know, and I've had friends and other family members that have, you know, been diagnosed with depression and all of that. And I take that so serious. And I even like, you know, told some of my friends, well, told one of my friends, you know, a while back, I was just saying like, as someone that wasn't sure or wasn't aware of like how serious it was after saying the same thing so many times, like I felt like I wasn't helping that person. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so I was just like, okay, like, telling you it's going to be okay a million times like is this really helping you like I really care about you so much that I want you to get help I want you to feel better but am I really helping you if I can't get myself together and I'm telling you the same thing and and I'm not applying it to my own life and so yeah that was crazy (laughs) now you see that you know we back here now but it was just like in that moment I was like you didn't know this building UMKC University was sitting on top of my head and my shoulders, and I was just like, I don't know what to do. Mm. I, my body was worn out. I was worn out. And that was that. And so I can say that I really tuned into mental health and the importance of it when I hit college. So, yeah. Um, and so for my journey with mental health, um, I wouldn't say, um, depressed or I am I don't know what you call it I experienced depression <laughs> because it's a clinical thing that you kind of have to get um I don't know what is the word I'm looking for like a doctor has to tell you you're depressed right and so I don't want to like put any um disrespect on people who actually experience that um from my misknowledge or from my lack of knowledge so I, d- I will say that I experienced depressive tendencies. That's, that's what we're going to go with. Um, I definitely know that I experienced anxiety a lot. And I think a lot of it comes... I have things that have happened in school, but I've known... I've kind of been able to realize it as I've gotten older and as I've tried to keep control of what, when this happens and what it means. It's always something I can tie back to a family reason, which comes from those... Um, the history that passed down trauma and curses of abuse and abandonment and um, relationship dynamics. So a few examples I can give, especially from school, I think it's actually the same time as Aaliyah when you first had your kind of breakdown, sophomore year, freshman, not freshman year, sophomore year, first semester. Yeah, first semester. Um, it kind of got so bad and kind of a lot of things were going on me that I had to go to the counseling services, which at the end of this episode, we will be sharing information on how you also can use some of these resources, um, not just on UMKC's campus, but anywhere. Um, I don't really know what that was about. Like, I was just going through a lot. 
Yes, I do. Why am I lying? <laughs> I, at first, I thought it was related to school, but when I was in the counseling services and I was doing my consultation and they would give me exercises and I would go back and back, I also recognized that um, at that time I was experiencing a lot of things with friendships and kind of realizing that friendships, some of them have an end date, <laughs> some of them end in a period, not a comma not the little three dots like sometimes it doesn't come back and so it made me kind of be confronted with my experiences of abandonment or um failed toxic relationship dynamics and so that was the first experience I've had um on my own outside of my family at school the next one was also related to COVID um we were back home I don't know what month it was, maybe four out of five before we were able to come back. And I experienced my first panic anxiety attack. Mm-hmm. And so, um, Aaliyah knows about it because I called her and I just didn't know what it was. Like, heart palpitations, cold sweats, I didn't know what was going on. And it had to deal with um, the pressure of being away not knowing when it's coming back the world crashing down to me as Aaliyah was saying but also like I said all of my um kind of episodes happen or are connected with family so it was also something about being at home for so long which I haven't been at home that long in four years since high school (laughs) I couldn't take it the other thing about abuse is not only has my grandmother experienced abuse with her grandfather, but I've also experienced abuse with my uncle who lives in the household with us. Also, if I'm kind of connecting to what I said earlier, he's my uncle's, was my adopted brother. Um, He was going through a time in his life where he just had his second child and he didn't have a job and he was trying to figure out how to not only support them, but support himself. He went through a mental breakdown and in that... um season of confusion for him he was abusive to me which i don't know why i was pinpointed out thank god it wasn't my grandmother but i don't know why i was pinpointed out between me and my sister but i was just the oldest and i was always protective of everybody so i was kind of the one met with that so being at home in that arena with my uncle which our relationship has been tarnished since then it was kind of hard for me to be there for so long it came to a point where i even had to take a Staycation. Staycation. Girl, yeah. I was out of there. I had to be gone. I, I was took... like, Kalia, are you really leaving the house? Girl, like, yes. I didn't book my hotel. You know, I'm, I'm saying it with like a smile and like laughter, but it was serious. Like, I could not be home. I needed a break. And I'll tell you, I was gone for five days. Like, oh yeah, I was gone, gone. Um, And when I came back, I was so relaxed. That was the first time I was able to sleep peacefully and not be, you know, just up with thoughts of like oh my god covid and family and you know i was able to rest and finally rest my body and rest my mind enough to get rest (laughs) and so um those are kind of my experiences with mental health and as i've gotten older some self-care regimens that i've kind of found that have helped is talking (laughs) not being afraid to ask for help that's something i'm still dealing with um, but the thing about not being afraid to ask for help, that also applies to professional as well as personal help. Don't just think asking for help from your personal friends and not professional help is enough. Like, if I know I need help um, from a therapist, I'm going to go to a therapist. If I know it's something I can talk to my friends about or a conversation sparks up 
and it's a moment for healing for everybody, then that means I need to speak up in that moment as well. And so um, not only communication has helped, but just taking time out for myself. I noticed that, yes, I'm an introvert. Part of that has to deal with um, social anxiety, not just mental anxiety, but also I actually do really need my space. Like I actually have to recharge. I have to take that time out for myself. It doesn't mean I don't love the people, my family and my friends who I'm around. It really just needs in order for me to be my best self. I need to have time alone. And so for me, um, isolation and communications have been my self-care that I really have hold on to and I try to implement in my life always. Yeah, I can definitely attest to that. And I know a lot of college students can attest to this, but especially if you go away to school, that five months of being at home, like I realized so much... It was ridiculous. Like, I never... And it's not that I don't love my family or anything, but the reason why I broke down was exactly what happened. And it had nothing to do with my the love for my family, Mm -hmm. none of that. But being at home for school is not where it's at. Like, (laughs) I already knew, like, I was going to go home, be online in classes, and five people walk across, are you in class? What you doing? Oh, like, I remember having a conversation, like, even with my dad. And he was like, you know, you guys need to come up with a schedule. But it's like, when I'm at school, if I start my homework at 10 o'clock, that's what time I start my homework. You know what I'm saying? And so he was just like, or people just not understanding. Like, that's how I move, like, when I'm at school. Like, I have work. Then my whole work situation, like, they really was trying to play me about that. <laughs> and so I was just kind of like, you know, the reason why I had that breakdown was exactly what happened. And so, like, maybe for the first, like, month or two, I was always told you're being, you know, uh, what nonchalant. You're not, anti-social. you know, antisocial, yeah. and it was just like I'm not used to being at home with y'all all this time. And what you're requiring me to do on top of going to school and working is not what I'm used to. And I'm used to having my own space, my own time. And so, like I said, going back to my grandmother, that was a 24-hour job because my mom and dad were still going to school. It was my responsibility to make sure that she was good. Not going to school. My mom (laughs) was going to school, but she was going to work, and my dad was going to work. That was a responsibility to make sure that she was great while trying to, you know, log on to class. And not saying that that was a burden or anything like that. I'm just saying, when I'm at school, I can just focus on me and do me. It was just added responsibility. But it was added responsibility. And so... Yeah, man. I was just like, well. And so I know a lot of people were scared to come on campus, but I'll just say UMKC is doing everything that they need to do. I'm very, you know, very comfortable in staying on campus. Oh, yeah, they're on it. Yeah, I wasn't, like, in a rush, like, oh, my gosh, I'm just going to come out and, you know, because I'm just ready to leave after five months. But, no. And my parents would same thing. If it wasn't right, I wasn't going to come back. But it was just like, ooh, child, I cannot. <laughs> oh, man. And so, Leah. With those experiences being in school, did you, and that's where you really realized that, like, mental health was something that was very serious, mm-hmm. did you find out any self-care regimens that helped you? Now, <laughs> I don't condone this, but this is just me. What you um, about to say? Shopping. You already know. I don't know. know. This girl is an addict. I no. thought she was going to go on your whole little sunflower movement you own. No, that too, but y'all know. <laughs> 
if you know me, you know I'm a shopaholic. But, like, when I'm stressed or, like, I'm really going through that, oh, I can buy up a bag real quick. Like, people no. talking about $100, $1,000 is $100 now. Baby, 2000 is $100 you know, we can be that, in favorite twenty one for thirty minutes. This girl has spent two hundred dollars. Oh my gosh! But and <laughs> Kalia says like recently like sunflower. But I really was like on my Alicia Keys like and two and part of it was image too. Like for the longest, like I felt like I needed to wear lashes, put some type of makeup on in order to look. You know, I guess not worthy, but presentable. just look presentable. Yeah, and so. Like, even with that self-care, strip myself of all of that, you know, that extra stuff that I put on myself. So, no lashes, was wearing my natural hair or, like, I have it now locked up so where I'm not messing with it, braids or whatever case may be. And I was just chilling, like, and I vowed to myself that I was going to do a self-care day, you know, once a month if I could. Um, And that included, you know just taking time for myself or even if I'm not taking just a full time by myself going and doing something that I like other than shopping. So that could have been like, you know, a facial or a massage, like all of that stuff. Um, I recently started saging my home. And so just really being in tune with what I'm doing. Yeah. Going all That's natural. That's what I mean by products. sunflower, like natural, everything, very hippie. Yeah. 70s. And pretty <laughs> much like black owned too. There's yeah. some things that I'm still trying out um, when it comes to products and stuff. Um, just a shameless plug. A video on Life Aaliyah is coming out with all black owned products. I'm gonna do in the haul mm-hmm. on that. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, you know, change it now. We're still working on the um the not diet, but just lifestyle. I was working out while I was at home, um, pretty much three times a week. But when I got to school <laughs> but <laughs> the gym know, is closed, so it's yeah, not the gym really is closed. Home. And I mean I mean, but that's not an excuse because I could be working out in my room. I'm trying to help you but out. <laughs> Nothing is ever an excuse, y'all. But um, still trying to eat healthy. I know yeah. I like me some corn and you know y'all, vegetables. This don't have nothing to do with this episode. It don't. But what? the Wingstop Cajun fried corn that they just add to their menu. It was a secret menu item, item but now it's public. Y'all need to hit that up. Khalid just put me on. And when I tell you how long we've been here? For four weeks? Going on four weeks? Three weeks. Going on three weeks. No, going on four weeks. We've been here for three, going on four. Going on four. And we've had Wingstop corn about once a week. Girl, more than once a week. Twice it's, a week. No. When I introduced you to it for about the first six days, we probably had it like five times. Okay. It was horrible. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that had nothing Cajun to do with it. Cajun seasoning, extra Cajun seasoning with the Wingstop ranch. Ranch, fire. We'll go ahead we just plugged y'all, but... <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And so, yeah, that's definitely, like, what I do for self-care. I strip myself of all of the extra that I might add, whether that's nails, lashes, even hair extensions, whatever the case may be. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's just been your process. Yeah, Yeah. just my, just strictly, you know, even my wardrobe has changed. And part of it is because I can't go out because of COVID. But, yeah, like, anybody that knows me on campus, oh, baby, I would wear what heels to class slacks all of that when i tell you i still got some of that stuff (laughs) but i really have like invested in sweats like i have an order from pretty little things that i just ordered like maybe like five matching sweatsuits yeah all sweats yeah 
because I'm just chilling. Like, I told you, went on my Alicia Keys, no makeup, no Erica nothing. Badu. Erica Badu, you know, <laughs> turban, all of that. But, yeah, that's definitely my self-care is just stripping myself of all of the things that I might add to my image and just taking time for myself. Like, I listen to music all the time. I burn candles all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot my baths. Like, oh, yeah. I even got roses, like, to put in my bath. And I put, like, Epsom salt or, like, some natural oil in my bath water, make a bubble bath, and just sit there and relax and listen to music or, you know, and it, it goes to my music, too. Like, I really be listening to, I I mean, I, I like Megan Thee Stallion. You know, I like all those artists. But I really be calm, collected with my Janae Iko, my her own, mm-hmm. uh, what's Amelia, all of those artists. Okay. That that's that's my mo you know that's my mood for most of the time and like even with my apartment if you follow me on Instagram on Life Aaliyah or Aaliyah you probably seen it I just decked that out in just the most comments I just wanted to create a vibe in my living room in my room just literally stripping myself of everything calming everything down in my life and that's what's really helped me praying and really just taking time to talk to God as well is really what i've been on that's dope friend (laughs) sunflower is what she called sunflower movement that's what we own yeah so all right guys so we have reached the end of the episode yeah Yeah. and before we get out of here i just want to share a few mental health um resources so we have the umkc counseling services and that number is 816-235-1635. And so if you are a student on campus, you get eight free sessions, which is amazing. Use them because they're there. And every time I went there, when I tell you it was empty, they're looking to help us, guys. And you're paying for these services anyway. So please go and use and utilize them. Um, If you're not a student, um, but you are... A person of color, a black person, even if you aren't and you would be interested in this, there is a database online called Therapy for Black Girls. And it basically um, showcases, it's it's a directory for black um, therapists and psych, what's it called? Psychologists? Mm -hmm. Yeah, therapists, psychologists, psychiatrists um, all around the United States. Also, if you're not interested in um, going in person because you're not at that stage right now, there's an app called Talkspace, which you can digitally connect with a um, therapist through an app. That means, and they're available 24-7. You can also be assigned to one. So just like in person, you have your um, assigned therapist that you go to. You can call them. You can email them. You can text them. You can Zoom them, whatever, through that one app. Also, um, if none of these resources that I have said has applied to you, you're not really interested in them, you're from another city, you're not a person of color, you're not black, you're not a black woman, blah, 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 you're not a um, UMKC student, go to Google, (laughs) search therapy services in your city. I'm telling you, it pops up. These people are here to help you. These people go to school for years, um, over the four required years to get a psychology degree to help you guys and I'm, I'm telling you mental health is so important and if you need it please go find it and get whatever you need whatever help and support you need so with that being said we're gonna get on out of here Aaliyah. 
guys i'm so happy that y'all are listening to our second episode of no captain podcast and we're gonna see you not next monday but the monday after that because you know we bi-weekly don't forget blowing us up talking about where y'all at y'all know we come every other week and please if there's any type of you know information you would like us to um share on our podcast you can dm us on no kept the podcast underscore on instagram um also on twitter no kept the podcast if yep. you have any topics that you want us to talk about please comment those on the post that we actually have on yes, our page we want to hear from you guys that we want to hear from y'all so also, please all the resources that i have said will be in the description box below all right y'all we gonna see y'all in the lamb. Oh, y'all later. Thank <laughs> you.